0: Claire, you brought up uh, Ashton.
1: Oh, uh, I have been stewing on this one for a few days because I'm not sure how to feel. I mean, I know I know how I feel. I'm just not sure like that. My reaction is well thought out, you know. So basically, Danny Masterson, who was one of the people who was a star on that 70s show, which we're talking about like 20 years ago. Right. And, and during that time, apparently, he was recently found guilty of raping two women at least two. I mean, two that he was convicted for, and then there were others that came forward as well that weren't, whatever reason, weren't adjudicated that way. Again, it's something that happened 20 years ago. He was convicted, and all indications are that this happened. And, you know, it's very brave of women to come forward, and it's very difficult for people to come forward in these situations. And the toll that it takes on someone, it's like being victimized all over again. Exactly. Well... It turns out as part of before the sentencing, this is something very commonly done with people who are not celebrities, let alone people who are celebrities, is they have friends and co-workers and family write character references to the judge and talk about their own personal experiences with the person, not necessarily about what they're accused of doing, but their own interpretations of the person's character, right? Right. Among the many, many people who wrote letters of character for Danny Masterson to the judge for recommendations on lesser sentencing rather than more sentencing were Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis, who are now married, but at the time were co-stars of Danny Masterson's on That 70s Show, along with several other people, obviously. The two of them wrote character letters to the judge based on what they knew about him, presumably at the time that not only were they on the show together, but that these allegations were, were being referred to, but also in the... In the next twenty years, and they both gave him a really glowing recommendation for you know what a good guy he was and how when they were on the show the show was all about drugs and getting high but he never did that he preached to them all he's a little bit older about how they shouldn't do drugs and both of them wrote almost identical letters in that in that regard and just really vouching for his character and and the good person that they knew that he was in the end it didn't matter that much because he got. The Not necessarily the maximum sentence, but he got a pretty heavy sentence. I think he got 30 years. I think what they wanted was for him to serve the two convictions concurrently instead of back-to-back, and they lost that. So instead of serving 15 years, he's serving 30 years, right? Twice times 15. Ashton and Mila just got lambasted lambasted. Oh, by the way, I don't know how these letters get made public. I assume Mm -hmm. these letters of these character references are, I would have assumed that these were private that go to the judge and stay in the court. But apparently, as part of the public record, they were made public all over the place. Not Mm -hmm. only theirs, but all the other people who wrote their letters too. But they're the ones who people zeroed in on because the two of them have also gone on record talking about human trafficking and the (laughs) victimization and, and all of this kind of stuff. So they just got raked over the coals for writing these these letters about a rapist right and then they issued an apology the two of them put out a, a video apology for talking about how they would never blame victims and they understand the thing and it's like 95% of me is furious at them for writing these letters but there's a part of me that's like okay their mandate was talk about the person that you know right mm-hmm. and that's what they did they talked about the person that they know giving them the benefit of doubt that they didn't know he was off raping women it's just, I just find the whole thing fascinating and disgusting and gross and all of those things, obviously. And I'm so glad the guy's in jail. Don't even get me started on the Scientology element because oh. that's, that's a whole <laughs> other thing that I could do 10 podcasts on. I just wonder what you guys think about this.
2: Go ahead, Anna. <laughs> you know, when I heard that those two had written a letter, I was like, what? Almost thinking they were fine with it, I guess. But of course, they're not going to be fine with it. But I I also wonder, well, if I was in the same shoes and I worked with someone 20 years ago and was asked, I think I would want to know more about the case before I wrote a letter. But the fact that they're part of an organization that makes awareness of human trafficking, I think I would have done my homework a little more if I were either of them. But I was pleased. What's her last name? Leah, Leah Yeah. Oh, Leah Remney. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. They mm-hmm. they followed that story saying, but Leah, Leah Remney was on the side of the victims yes. and trying to help them and all that kind yeah. of thing. That made me feel better. It's like, yeah. okay, not all celebrities are going to join right. as one uh, mm-hmm. to not and, convict somebody.
1: Like, if he had... Robbed a bank or, God forbid, drunk driving and killed somebody, I could see, right? Like you make poor decisions, right? Based on bad circumstances. Mm -hmm. But drugging and raping women repeatedly Mm. is not that, you know? So I'm with you, Anna. Maybe they just, I'm sure they knew what happened, but it just seemed like they didn't really take it into account. Fully emotionally. You know,
0: I think what you said, Claire, is they probably uh, and I think they led to kind of alluded to this. They thought that would all be kept private. It was for the judge, just for the judge to know something of like he wasn't all bad. Right. And uh, like, uh, so I'm I'm with you guys. I'm not agreeing because I didn't realize that Ashton was working with sex trafficking. And just a couple of days ago, I saw something and I watched it and I was like, wow, good. He's doing good work. And then I hear this. And the things that we know about Scientology is a lot of mind effery for the lack of better, where if something happens to you, this is where Leah Remney comes in, if something happens to you, it's because you manifested it, Mm -hmm. everything that happens. And so him raping women was their fault. And Uh so that makes it even more egregious for, and, and, you know, maybe they didn't know any of that. Maybe they were just like, oh my, he was good to us. This is all we know, but it's still, it's still just, wow.
1: It really, it really is. And, and, you know, I do, I don't, I don't know if those letters are supposed to be kept private. I would have thought they would have. I would think that anything that would go to a court of law in that manner would be kept private. But indications are not that these were leaked to the media, that they were public record, mm-hmm. I-, I think. Well, I I
0: wonder. I'm not sure, but they may read them in court. Um, I've been asked on behalf of my girls at times to write a reference, uh, not saying I would never say they didn't do what they did because they did. But also the, the women that I've written letters for are big in recovery and doing work to improve their life. And so that's what I could attest to. Um, and it sounds like these letters were like, hey, he was such a great guy. And like maybe like it was almost it, it almost felt like let's negate a little bit that he's a bad guy because he's like maybe he's done more good than bad. Is, that's kind of what it felt like to me right like it wasn't just a hey um he's been working on stuff it's like no he he did these things but oh by the way he was a nice guy like that's just
1: i I think you hit it on the head there he's done more good than bad i think mm-hmm. I think that is true for a lot of people who get themselves in trouble whether it, like you're talking recovery issues particularly right but mm-hmm. you well know, even people who've maybe grown up in poverty or grown up in something where maybe their sense of right and wrong is skewed by the way that they grew up, you know? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you kind of extrapolate out 20 years and you go, okay, he did more good than bad. He understands now. I just, I do not put rape in that category ever. No. And not more than once, maybe once, maybe one time in your life you go over and you, then you realize remorse. You realize that was wrong. I should not have done that. But and, and I'm being really generous with that thought because I don't even believe it, but I'm just going to say it. Mm-hmm. But more than once, no.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's sad. It's terrible. And that he went so long without being found out. Yeah. And I think that there's emotions around that, too. Right. But that's why we have a justice system.
1: Right, And right.
0: for too long, women have not been believed. And it's, it. I don't know, this could be really wrong. You guys call me out. It's one thing to be raped. That's horrible. But to drug and rape someone, that's very purposeful.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely yeah. purposeful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's not, oh, you know, I didn't feel like saying no. Right? That's, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. That's horrible. Mm-hmm. That's Bill. Well, that's Bill Cosby. Right.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who is out now. So on a loop, what do you call a loophole? Yeah. You know, and and so you think about that, that actors, actresses shouldn't get special privilege. And so the thought is these people, Ashton and Mila, hold some weight. Like, yeah, for the judge, if he would have got a letter for you or from you or me, would it held any weight? But it's right. like, oh, here's these famous people. Right. And I think that's what makes it really tough. And in the video I watched of their apology, I mean, you could just see the look on Ashton's face. He is destroyed by this.
1: Yeah, he is. Really? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Really. Okay. Yeah.
0: Mi- Mila, you could tell she was Oh, man, you could tell she was upset, but she was really trying to set the stage, but Ashton was crushed. He it was like this was like, like What did
2: what did they say to to make us feel better about what they what they wrote, kind of what Claire like, they... said
0: that you know, well, we were asked to write a reference of character, not to necessarily defend him, but you know, with our position with sex trafficking, you know, we we do not approve of rape, and that's how this all came across. That was never our intention,
1: right? Mm. Right. I, I I think he. And he did. They do look absolutely shell-shocked. Him more than her. I agree with you on that. Yeah. She looks like, we need to get this video done, and we need to get it over with right now.
0: Exactly. And, He's like, oh, we got to <laughs> give this guy a hug. Oh, my God.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Lori. But yeah, <laughs> they were just, like, explaining why they wrote the letters. Not explaining what they said, but, but why they did mm-hmm. it. And and mm-hmm. I guess that's why I sort of feel for them, in a way, because mm-hmm. that they were asked to give their... Perspective on the person that they know, and that's what they did. Truthfully, what did they do? Say no. I mean, they could have said right. no. That would be the end of their friendship with him. Which I don't know.
0: Right, and the family reached out, but this is this was my thinking when I tried to sort through it yesterday. Was okay. He's done this terrible thing. He's hated by the world. Everybody knows. They could have been like, "Hey, we're still going to love you. We'll write you letters. We care about you. What you did was really crap." But we're not going to let you die alone in prison that it could have been their last thing of like, we need him to know that not everyone in the world hates him. There's two people that even though he did a really rotten thing, there's two people that can see through to the good. And so, you know, I was kind of trying to sort through that and also the whole cancel culture and how people jump on things and accuse people and like, you know, rather than asking them what their thought process was, it was like, can you believe it? You know?
1: Right. Right. And we do, Do, we, we all jump to conclusions. I'm as guilty as anybody. You know, I just, I do try really hard to dig a little deeper and see both sides, you know? mm -hmm. Um, but this one was, this one was hard.
2: Do, do either of you know whether or not he is admitting to, uh, raping both women or not because that's what makes a difference for me.
0: That's a really good question, Anna. That,
2: that's what makes a difference for me <laughs> because if he's like I am not I did not do this. Right. then there's no there's no remorse at right. all. And mm-hmm. he's he, if he wasn't going to be doing prison time, then he would have done it again maybe, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And maybe has. Ooh.
0: Because like, like Claire said in the beginning, who wants to walk through this again? And I remember with Cosby, there were some women, and I think we talked about this, that were like, no, I'm not coming forward. I'm not going through this again. And then look, he's out and he people are wanting to go to his comedy shows. So like, could you imagine if you had to go through that and then you had to live through him being out and people going and supporting him?
2: Is that happening? There are people uh, he's he's out and he's able to do comedy shows. Yep. And he's free to are. do whatever he wants. Yep. And are they selling out and all that? I mean, I, uh,
0: I haven't heard the latest, but that was he's, he that was the thing he was going to go and he was going to do comedy and people were going to go watch. So,
1: uh, wow. which is
0: just appalling.
1: Um, Hang on. uh. Masterson did not speak I was just looking at the files. Masterson oh, okay. did not speak at his sentencing hearing. His attorney continued to maintain his innocence. So no. Oh wow.
2: So there you go. <gasps> Anna. To maintain his innocence. Yeah. Okay.
1: Sorry, I didn't well, mean to that interrupt you. For me.
2: Just, no, yeah. No, yeah. no, no. That's I wanted to know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Bill Cosby, me. I mean that's that was like Lori said, a complete technicality. I can't remember what it was. Something mm-hmm. something related to the the deal that they there was like a prosecutorial misconduct kind yeah. of thing where they made a deal to not prosecute him in exchange for him giving testimony and then they went ahead and prosecuted him and mm-hmm. you know let letter, letter letter to the law his side was right that the, the state reneged on the deal they made but mm-hmm. um and it's like he's done i mean there's going to be a few crazy people who might pay to go see his show but i think he's pretty ill too um Aww. i don't think he's getting anywhere and he's lost all his cred and his degrees and his all of that kind of stuff. And it costs him a lot of money. And I mean, I'm not saying I'm happy he's out because like you said, it's re victimization, but um, Mm -hmm. I don't think he's going to be benefiting in any way. I think in in his case, it's damage done.
0: And I remember when it all started to come out and Felicia Rashad stood up for him. Uh And uh, the, the podcast that I listened to called chasing Cosby, she was a reporter and she went after him because she could not believe her childhood hero. Had done this. So she she got on the case to prove him innocent and didn't take long before she had to report all these things. And the news agency she worked for was one of the only in the country that would have let her go with this. Everyone else was shutting down. Nobody wanted to shade on Cosby, right. But her organization stood behind her. it was it was just so many women after women, after women. And then these women have done good work because I don't know if you know this, but the um, statute of limitation is seven years. And when you think about the Me Too movement and people are like, why do they come out now? Well, because you can't. If you speak up, you're going to end up losing everything. You're not going to get to be the actress. You're not going to get to do this. I mean, our world has been so created that the victim is re-victimized. And so the statute of limitations is seven years. And if you think about a child who gets abused, maybe at age seven, they're not going to turn their abuser in if it's a family member because they don't. They're scared. So then they get into their 20s and 30s and they go tell the police and the police are like yeah too late and this person is still abusing people. So these women have done a lot of work on changing in each and every state they're in the statute of limitations making it longer if someone if you have a crime done against you you have more than 7 years to wow. report it. So they've because, taken
1: this and they've gone and they've tried to yes. trying to make these changes that's really yes. strong.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good for Whoa. them and good for that reporter, you know, of course she went in under thinking, <laughs> my hero, I'm going to defend him, and ended up going, holy crap.
1: And it, it's called Chasing Cosby?
0: Yeah, Chasing Sounds Cosby.
1: It's very good. One in 10 young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year.
2: For over 50 years, Covenant House has been helping youth in crisis. To learn more, go to CovenantHouse.org today.
0: And the nature of the Scientology Church, Leah, this is putting her life, her very life in danger, sticking up for these people. Absolutely. Because whenever you do anything against the Church of Scientology, um, they have a whole department to go after you and do whatever they can to make your life miserable, to ruin all your credibility. They will take you down. If you listen to her podcast about it, for them to stand up against the church, it's really putting everything about them in danger. But they wow. did it.
1: It is the worst. I just, I became very obsessed with them for a while. I don't know why. I just did. <laughs> but, you know, the books and the her podcast and the documentaries and stuff, it is just... That they get away with what they get away with. I mean, yeah. it's just unreal. And it's, it's all, all so public. And and but mm-hmm. yet they are just like you said, Lori, they have teams of people. They are yep. Teflon. And they're tax exempt. they That's I mean, why.
0: That's why they're oh, Teflon, because they right. got that tax exempt. Yeah. Yeah. That's wrong.
1: It's... <laughs> just awful mm-hmm. i i looked because i remembered that i was thinking about the that seven. you know they when they talked about that seventy show here are all the people who wrote letters for him and here are all the people who didn't write letters for him right i mean oh. that's a, they kind of listed who didn't who didn't and laura propon who was a scientologist was did not write any letters for him and i i was oh, like interesting. oh that's interesting well she left apparently she left the church about four or five years ago but oh. it's really hard to leave and so it's mm-hmm. interesting that she you know like like, um, Katie Holmes famously yeah. was just destroyed for leaving mm-hmm. the Church of Scientology. Laura Propon somehow got to kinda sneak away under the radar and not get any crap for it. So I don't know how that happened and power to her for, for making it mm-hmm. and God knows what she went through, then maybe it's just not public, you know. Yeah. Um, because she's probably not I mean, I know her from Orange is the New Black and some other things ever since that seventies show, but she's mm. not as like Tom Cruise level star, right? Mm -hmm. so it's interesting that she she was able to get away but god bless leah remini i mean she Mm -hmm. who knows and 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 we do know some of the threats and the the things that she's gone through but it can't be easy and all the mike Reniger and all the people that she works with to tell these stories it's it's just unreal and the missing you know david miscavige's wife no one has seen her for years oh it's crazy crazy group Mm -hmm. of people But
0: I love it that at least they're willing to put themselves out there so that it's easy for people to just go, oh, no big deal. But I think that the more we know, the better. Definitely.
1: If you have nothing to hide, then stop hiding.
0: And that they, you know, they on the thing with Leah Remney, she said they are not allowed to go to the police. They are not allowed to report abuse. And then at the end, the church says, we encourage people to go to the police. We encourage. I don't know if you saw that at the end, but it was like dissing everything she said. But we know if you've listened to the podcast or the documentary, you know. You know what they went through. You know they got death threats. You know that their life has been Mm
1: -hmm. hard
0: because of trying to let people know.
1: Right. Can you mm-hmm. only and now I'm going to say something outrageous and irresponsible, but can you only imagine how much more of that is going on that doesn't ever that will never get reported?
0: Yeah, well, you know, even some of the things they talk about, there's families that have never been allowed to see their kids again. Right. And if they stay quiet, there's a hope that maybe 20 years down the road. So they keep it quiet. So think about all those families that are hurting, that are separated because of this.
1: That's a, yeah. that's a huge kind of spoken slash unspoken thing about Tom Cruise and his daughter, Suri, right? Like mm-hmm. the, it was very famous for a why why don't you ever see your child? The speculation runs from, well, Katie Holmes won't let him to the church won't let him because they left. So she's now a... Uh, his mm-hmm. daughter, his who's now kind of a teenager, right, but at the time was mm-hmm. a little girl, would have been considered a suppressive person because she was no longer in it. Mm-hmm. And then all the pressure he got for being a crappy dad for not seeing his kid, and so then he kind of staged these photo opportunities <laughs> where he was seen with her. This is your child, your child. Yeah. How can you do this? Meantime, he sees his other kids. There was a long time where he never saw the kids that he adopted with Nicole Kidman for somewhat the same reason, but somehow he seems to have more relationship with them now. So I don't know if that's because they're adults or, or what that's about. But but it's like, you know, you're the biggest star in the world in terms of the Church of Scientology. You have a responsibility to the church because people think that you're so great. But, you know, you kind of also have a responsibility to your regular fans, too. I don't know. I Personally, I think he's failed at walking that line, but... That's just me. It doesn't mean I won't keep seeing his movies because, you know, he's Tom Cruise. (laughs) But I really, really long for the day when he wakes up one day and realizes what a blank show this whole thing is and comes out against it. That'll be something. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's been... Anyway.
1: I just want to know, like... After everything you guys said about Scientology, like, what's the draw? What what exactly is the draw then? It's a, it's a cult. It doesn't have to have—it's its own draw. Initially,
0: <laughs> the first classes are—they're kind of, you know, mind things about taking responsibility for your life and how you mm-hmm. think. So it's got that element of, like, what I do in coaching. But then, then you, people get in— and then they fall in love with the people, you know, fall in love in meaning, you know, they love these leaders. But then just like the nexus and then the then the corruption is layers down. And then when they're already in, they get them to do things. Now they've done things. So if they go and and say, oh, well, well, we participated in this, they're held accountable so it's it is it's a cult and it's a way to get you you know they kind of get your eyes open and it's all good and then you get in and then there's the next layer where it's not good
1: and in hollywood uh, you know what Laurie said about the first layers really it, it, they really do have some very interesting self-help principles right mm-hmm. what ways of of changing your thinking you know change your mind change your brain ways of changing mm-hmm. your thinking and how you can help yourself and you go through these different things and you learn stuff and it's really quite interesting you know when you first get into it and mm-hmm. in Hollywood what they do is they actually go after they they seek out young particularly good-looking mm-hmm. celebrities, yes. to bring yes. them into the fold. And they talk about, first of all, everybody, if you want networking, right? If you want to get to know anybody, they're all here, right? So mm-hmm. you go to these parties, and there are all these famous people. And then if you want to get better at your craft. And so they they kind of, you know, Hubbard, like, made a point of, of going after Hollywood stars. And he had yeah. a few of them. For um, two
0: reasons. One, influence. Two, money.
1: Money, right. Money, 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 money. And, mm-hmm. and the thing about these classes too is like the you get to a certain point and it's like, well, you're ready for the next level. Well, you got to pay money for the next level. Well, exactly. okay, I'll pay money. And then like Lori said, at some point you're in so deep that you have to keep going. Right. Um, the higher levels of like the crazy, like the boat, the Sea Org thing with the boat, mm-hmm. the, the yeah. weird place they live out in the desert, I think that's for like the high, higher level people. I think mm-hmm. most of the rank and file are just kind of – you know, regular folk, but it really is just creepy.
0: Yeah, I recommend Leah Remney's podcast or the documentary.
1: Mm-hmm. It's a bummer.
2: I mean, do does Scientology even touch on God? And you know, actually, yeah, yeah or anything? It does. <laughs> okay, I just yeah. don't know anything about Scientology except for the freaky crap. <laughs> but but it's really
0: puts the emphasis on you, and you have control over your life and anything that happens is you and your choice and that's how they that's how they hold things over if you come and say well that person is abusing me well you're allowing them to what are you doing to allow this person to abuse you in this job mm-hmm. so like so it's that mind mess up where then you can't trust yourself mm-hmm. so see how it's just a little beyond it's like yeah take responsibility but wait a minute we if something bad is happening we should be able to go and get help like when we look at sexual harassment you know what if they said, well, what are you? What are you wearing? You know, it's that kind of thing. It's right.
1: up. Right. Yeah, you, yeah. Mm.
0: Mm.
1: And and I'm not making this up part of the reason that you have those bad feelings that you're putting out there, they're inviting you to have horrible crimes committed against you, is something called thetans, these little, like, rays from space that are the leftover from the explosion of an old, like, spaceship a million years ago that are still finding their ways into our bodies, and you have to kind of, like, I'm not making this up, Anna. It, <laughs> this is part of the thing, is these thetans, these little gamma ray things, right, That are that have infested you, and the higher you mm. get into the levels of of Scientology, the more you're able to get these little things out of your bloodstream and, and be a better person.
2: It's like one of their classes to make aluminum hats. <laughs> <That's Right.
1: real>.
0: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I think that's the ship and the town. They, right.
2: you know, you get to a certain
0: level and then you live in this place. And I think the ship is where they separate kids from their parents. And the yeah. kids do manual labor. They do. The kids man, are they working. Absolutely They're
1: not. do manual labor. Yeah. yeah. Mm hmm. And they
0: can't go to their parents, and they, even if they did, their parents can't do anything because they're not allowed to. Right. So
1: fine, yeah. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> And L. Ron Harvard was an interesting guy, you know. I mean, he was a basically a failed science fiction writer who said, "I'm going to just start my own religion," and then he did. Wow. Um, <laughs> wow. But he could have been a good businessman. I mean, obviously, he was a good businessman in mm-hmm. in, in certain regards. But yeah, crazy, crazy stuff going on there in that, Mm -hmm. in the church, in the officially IRS sanctioned, regulated church. Ah,
2: crazy. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Uh, Anyway. (laughs) Let's talk about something else. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Well, I do want to talk about something else. Something I'm very interested in. I'm so very interested in. Okay, wait, is it about Vegas and how you can't cross the street? No, it's about Lori Hardy <laughs> and her dating about... life.
1: <gasps>
2: really? Lori had a date. Yes. Lord, Lori had, had a date. Date. He oh, right. he
0: doesn't <laughs> listen to podcasts, so I think it's okay. Uh, a friend of mine said, Hey, my realtor wants to meet you, and I said, Oh, does she want to do a podcast or write a book?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was your first thought.
0: Okay, good. All right. <laughs> she said, no, he wants to have coffee with you. And I said, why? And she said, because you're both single. And I was like, oh, and she goes, you know, he asked me three years ago, and I never thought of you. And I said, you know, it's funny because people don't think of me. They're not, you know, they, the best way, apparently, to get a date is, you know, a friend. Oh, we have a friend. You have a friend. But people don't think of me like that. So you know, I haven't dated in 20 years. I mean, I've maybe gone, maybe gone on a date, but not like dated, like thought about putting somebody else in my life or whatever. I just am busy and I live my life. So I said, well, okay, I guess that's okay. And she goes, well, send me a picture. I goes, he can see, see me on Facebook. Well, he's not on Facebook. And so I was like, this is weird. He's a realtor and he's not on Facebook. So I sent a picture. It was weird. So I had to pick her up. We were going to celebrate the sale of her house. I went to pick her up, and he was still there signing papers. And I came in, and their grandson was playing with him. And he was throwing the kid up in the air. And he said, hey, nice to meet you, and just said a few things. And he gave me his card and said, you know, I got to run, but I'd love to have coffee. And he left, and I'm looking at his card going, well, now I have to do something. And she goes, well, did you give him your card? I said, no. So I texted him and said, later in the day, it was nice to meet you. And then he called me and we chatted for a while. He said, let's have breakfast. So we went to breakfast. So this was so weird. I told you I haven't dated. And you know what people say? Do you guys know what people say to people who what haven't dated?
1: Say? No. What? They say,
0: you'll find him when you're not looking. This is what, right. what everyone is one of those isms. And I say, I haven't been looking for 20 years. So. I don't think that's a true thing. So I get to the little restaurant ahead of time and um, the waitress comes, brings us water. And then the like the owner comes out and he's about my age, older man. And he says, oh, do you want coffee? I was yeah. And he looks at me, brings me coffee. He goes, you have beautiful eyes. And I'm like, oh, thank you. Then he leaves and then the person comes in. So then this guy keeps coming back the whole time we're there. He keeps coming back to give me more coffee, mm-hmm. even though we have a waitress. <laughs> and, and I'm like do they know each other is something weird going on here anyway we had a great visit and everything and but you know it's it, it, it it's just weird because what I recognized is I think that you have to kind of have yourself in a position to be open to spend time with somebody if you're going to date and I, that wasn't my mindset and so I you know what I'm having to think all these things that I've just never thought about for almost 20 years
1: <laughs> right
0: Like, am I going to clear out some weekend time and go do stuff? Am I, like, I work nights, so dinner's out. I have my little home business in the morning, and I swim in the morning. Breakfast is kind of out. So, you know, isn't it funny how you just don't, for me, I just didn't recognize how my life is, and it's really not open for a lot of newness. So, anyway... Uh, But he seems really nice, but it's interesting to, you know, he knows I work in radio and he hasn't listened and he knows I do podcasts and he made it very clear he doesn't listen to podcasts. And I thought, isn't it interesting that it doesn't really seem curious. And I know when you first meet people, you know, maybe they talk a lot because they're nervous or whatever. So, all right, you guys, bring it on. Give it to me. What are you thinking?
1: (laughs) Okay, I have, a, I have a lot of thoughts. I want to start with this one, though, because this is, of everything you said, this is the thing that jumped out at me. You're talking about how your life is, you already have your space in your life for all of these things, and you wouldn't fit another person in. If you really wanted to spend time with him, you'd find that space. So that's you, what I'm if, wondering. If, if, yeah. if that coffee had gone a different way, you'd be like, oh, my God, this was so fun. Let's hang out Saturday. I'll, I've got 2 o'clock. Let's go for a walk around the park. You know, You would have made it happen if you were that interested.
0: Okay, that's good to hear because part of me is like, well, you know, you don't, it's not like you instantly fall in love. But also, I think when I, you know, it's a friend of a friend and he's a nice person. He's really a nice guy. He's got lots of connections in the community. But I think it was, I think it was that big thing. And we said this on a podcast a while back. If someone's not curious, and okay, I'm just going to throw this out. Um, he we have texted a little because our friends are, you know, uh, moving and get, trying to get packed up and everything. And he, and he said, well, one thing I really like to do is I, I'm a history buff and I like to go places with people that live there. So maybe we could go to your hometown, Coopville, and you could show me around and then I could show you everything I know about Coopville.
1: I just thought, that's weird. Why would you, like, he didn't grow up there. <laughs> right. Right. Why don't you, you tell me what you know, and then I'll correct it for you. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, so I think that he's a nice person, but I think, I don't know when you think about dating, it's like, it's one thing to meet people. But if you think about dating, is there, what is the, I, it's been 20 years. I don't even know. I don't even know if you're, if you're supposed to feel something or, or what. So I appreciate your insight. Anna,
2: oh. Anna what's your insight? <laughs> Do, well, my first thing is: Do you he's find a, him attractive? He, he's handsome. At all? You saw his picture. Yeah, he's handsome. Um, Not just looks, though. I'm talking about you know when he what he says, what his personality. Um, like, can you picture yourself? hanging out with him after years of, you know, you, you've you told me before, you've told both of us before, you've gone to the movies by yourself, you've done a few things by yourself. So to having a plus one at those things that you've been doing as a single person, uh, could you see yourself Um, Hanging out with him at the movie theater, uh, at dinner, a nice dinner, um, watching the sunset, uh, just hanging around the living room, watching TV. So that's a good... Well, okay. So our friends
0: are moving and they're moving out of state. So we were, we're all four going to go have dinner. So that gives me another chance to kind of see them in a, in a different environment. But I think, I think what happened for me is I'm a coach. I listen. This is what I do. You know, I, I listen and, and I, um, don't self reveal much. And there really wasn't much of an opportunity for me to, reveal anything. So mm. I feel like I know an awful lot about him but he doesn't know anything about me. So how is he going to feel when he knows I do a podcast about uh people who have been sexually abused as children? Like I feel like these are kind of big things to know about somebody, you know? <laughs> you know, and it's like um I don't know, I think it is the curiosity thing. I think yeah, like yeah. even though yeah. he's really a nice person, I don't know if I want to be around someone who's not like at all curious about what what I do or, Uh you know, and I and I thought, was I curious? Well, I did ask questions and I did listen really well. I'm a great listener.
1: Did you did he ask you questions and you deflected them?
0: Uh, he asked, but then he would start talking again. So he did say, oh, do you have kids? And I said, yeah. And then he said, how many? And I said, three. And he asked their age. And then he went off on, on you know, some other things. So he doesn't know their names. And, like, it was a first meeting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I know the names of his kids. I know the ages. I know if they have children. I know about his ex-wives. I know I know a lot.
1: Yeah, I think you should so, go back to the coffee shop and get that guy to pour you coffee again and get to know him. <laughs> He came
0: and he, took, he said, can I take your plate? And I said, sure. And then I didn't, I'm i not a big eater, so I didn't eat all my food. And he came back and he goes, were your eggs cold? And I go, no, no, I'm just not a big eater. And so he goes, oh, okay. And he just stood there. He just kept standing there. And, and also that was one thing I thought, what, if you were with somebody, wouldn't you pick up a clue if something, somebody was acting a little strange? Like if, if it was a waitress and she was going and standing by him, I might think, what's going on here? you know? So I just, I don't know. And, and again, people get nervous. So maybe I remember, you know, somebody that called me and went on a first date and they go, I talked and talked, I couldn't shut up. They're never going to call me again. I don't know what happened. I just couldn't quit talking. So
2: I know that you can be nervous or whatever. But, um, so what, what do you think about dating two guys then? (laughs) at the same time like uh, you know that is I mean, so not my generation and I know it's I know that's what they say yeah but you're not committed to guy number one and then guy number two what if you did have a date with him and found out that you liked him better oh my gosh
0: you know I right. think I need some I'm, I think I might need some coaching around dating I might need like a <laughs> dating coach <laughs> I'm
1: sure you could find that
0: And I think there is a generation thing because he's a little bit older than me. He was very like uh, protective in a way. And it's like and he was like, no, I have a lot of connections here. So if you ever need anything and it's like, you know, I'm I'm not that little girl that needs protecting. I'm just a Mm. person and a friend. And I think I think that's nice. But also I, I, I don't I don't even understand what I'm saying right now. But it just felt like, yeah, I don't I don't like really need protection uh, a, a friend would be nice, you know. So I don't know, like maybe there was some assumption uh, there about me because he didn't know anything. But he did look me up to see if I owned a home because he's a realtor. He said, You rent, don't you? And I said, Yeah. And he goes, Yeah, I saw you're not a homeowner in Everett.
2: Are you okay with that? Like, what did you well, feel like when you said that? Getting
1: all, I'm getting a lot of red flags over here. I'm sorry. Are you? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, this... Not not like danger, not danger red flags, but just like mm-hmm. next. Why bother s- kind of red yeah. flags. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know that's not, probably mm-hmm. not what you want to hear. I well, just no, think... I don't know
0: what, what. I, I mean, I, I feel like I need perspective because, I mean, I'll tell you, my bro- my picker is broken. I, I I mean, I my first husband was gay. And everybody seemed to know it but me and uh, which is there's nothing wrong with being gay but if you're gay don't marry the you know opposite sex and then the second one was a raging alcoholic and nobody knew and we had to escape from him so mm. i I feel like it's important for other people so I thought these are this this person is a friend of a friend so at least they know him right. so right. he's right. probably not dangerous or anything like that which is great
1: you okay <clears throat> I'm not a relationship coach <laughs> but <laughs> From my perspective, you've lived you just stated it. You've lived 20 years on your mm-hmm. own without you know what's the expression a uh, a woman needs a man like a t- fish needs a piano or whatever, you know. <laughs> it's like you you don't require anyone else to either make you happy or keep you safe, right? You mm-hmm. you don't need those things. You're doing just damn fine on your own in pretty much every respect. But it would sure be nice and fun to have somebody really cool to hang out with and spend time with and spend time with in many different ways, whether it's activities or private things or watching movies or whatever it is you do. And they don't have to listen to podcasts and they don't have to be on social media. None of that has to matter. What right. does have to matter is that you just really dug that hour that you had coffee with him and you want to go do that again. And right. it does not sound like it to me. Yeah.
0: Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm not even trusting my own my own feelings. And I think part of it's because because he is nice. You know what I mean? It's like just cuz you don't really click with someone doesn't mean they're a bad person. He's really yeah. nice, but just not my, you know, not maybe not my cup of tea. And that's probably okay, right?
1: Right. Yeah, it's totally okay. And you know what? He'll I'm sure he's not a bad person. And will it hurt his feelings? I don't know. Maybe maybe not, but it's better to do it now than after you know, maybe give it another chance. T- I'm not saying throw it all out now. Give, do the next thing and the next thing and just see. Maybe something will change. Maybe he was nervous and you missed something the first time around, you know? Um, yeah. but don't sit here and say your pickers broken because from the way you're describing <laughs> it, your pickers just fine. He's just not the one you want to pick. But, you know what? You know, just just wait yeah. and see. But don't don't drag it out for 6 months and then and then right. break it off. Like you'll know well, in the in the first two or three meetings.
0: And there were two things that were important. One is, at my age, you want somebody that is in shape a little bit, right? Sure. And so he has a dog, and he walks five, mi- five miles a day. And he seems to have a sense of humor, uh, puns, like lots of puns. And so he sent me some cute little pictures and stuff that are like, okay. So, you know, that those are all good things, too. But, yeah, so, and and I think that, you know, that I could— I can just relax and not worry that I like have to make a decision. I think that's what maybe I was feeling like I had to make some sort of decision because you know what I don't know. <laughs> I mean,
2: is he sort of like Gaston from Beauty and the Beast, <laughs> like full of himself? <laughs>
1: I'm especially good at expectorating. <laughs> <laughs> Did he spit?
2: Right? Um, no I, one cooks I, like this, Don. No one looks like yeah. this, Don. I I get the sense
0: that he's very confident, but not not like, like I didn't get that arrogant feeling of okay, like I'm
1: all okay. that in
2: a bag of chips. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. And what was the impression of the guy from the cafe? Well, guy number well, just, two. He wasn't like, hey, charming, whatever. He's just kind of
0: awkward, just kind of standing there staring at me. So it was kind of uncomfortable. (laughs) And my thought was, I ain't going back there. And it's a restaurant I've liked to go to in the past. And I don't remember seeing him there. And the little waitress, uh, who was very interactive with the person I was there with, um, finally, he said, Hey, is that your dad? She goes, Oh, he's my boss. But he he just seemed a little awkward. And I do think there oh. may have been a little bit of a speech barrier. He had quite a thick accent. So I don't know if there was that. But, but it was like, why is, why is he just still standing here? <laughs> like
1: we're, <laughs>
2: we're, we're having breakfast, you know. <laughs> so he was more like Joaquin Phoenix and Joker.
0: Oh God! I'm gonna have to take my my list of characters next date. Who does this one remind me of?
1: I have I have a I have a really just crazy weird question, but I'm just curious, (laughs) Anna. If we were having this identical conversation, except for it was your daughter talking about it and not your friend Lori, would your reaction be different? uh
2: i i I would probably um i would probably have all the red flags as well um if he's not very attentive but also if let's say my daughter said well he's asking me on another date i wouldn't be against that either i'd be like well you know it was the first date everyone's nervous even the most confident person might not know how to act the first time you know and I would probably give it two or three dates and right until well, I and say, we,
0: kick him the car. Yeah. How many times have we heard people say, oh, when I first met them, I didn't like them at all.
2: Yeah. You know,
0: there's give them a chance. And then there's like run for your life. And I don't think this is run for your life. <laughs> but also, no. like Claire said, you don't want to milk it. You know, you don't want it to go on forever. And also, if there's not that willingness like so this month for me is crazy busy I have something every weekend it's not always like that but this month is that and so you know it's like well you're really busy and you know and it's like yeah well this month I am really you know it felt like kind of judgment like well you know you you just don't have any time it's like I don't this month I have something every weekend you know so
1: well this is very exciting and I'm very proud of you for just doing it
0: I, yes. I felt really proud of myself that I was open because mm-hmm. I obviously haven't been looking and I haven't gone online and uh, you know um, it's not something that I've really thought about pursuing. Um, but but also I'm not you know I'm I'm not, if it, if like you said if it's something that just happens and it's wonderful that's awesome. Yeah, so
1: Ooh. that's that
0: I know. Yay. And with that, I think we all have to go do traffic.
1: We do. Yes. We all have to go make traffic reports now.
0: <laughs> Tell people where to go.
1: That's right, which we're good at.
0: <laughs> well, feel free to comment on Facebook if you think it's a, he's a keeper or, or not. I mean, definitely a nice person, not a bad guy at all. But, uh, yeah, feel free to give us your comments. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Is he Mr. Wonderful
2: or is he the Joker? <laughs> <laughs>
1: That was my favorite part of the show today. Anna going, he reminds me of Joaquin Phoenix and the Joker. Yay! (laughs) You should definitely go out with him again.
0: (laughs) Well, if I do, you know, I'll let you know.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) Please
2: do. We look
1: forward to next
2: week. Let us know if there is a date number two. (laughs) With either
1: of them. (laughs) With either of them. That's right.
2: (laughs) Well, I guess uh, we got to go. Um, mm-hmm. Where can we find you guys on the Soch?
1: I am on Twitter at Claire Beverly, C-L-A-I-R-E-B-E-V-E-R-L-Y, and Threads at Claire Beverly Radio.
2: I am Lori on Facebook, Coach Lori, L-A-U-R-I-E. I'm on Twitter. I'm on X at I'm Anna D. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I love you guys. Love you too. Love you. This is Listen and Learn. Or, or not. not.
1: Love you guys. I'm so glad we were able to squeeze this in. Okay, bye. (laughs) Bye.